Welcome to the Stakeholders Podcast, the show where we try to answer the question, what's at stake? We dive into how an organization's pursuit of their objectives affect or are affected by the people. Our guests come from the private industry, government, education, and more to discuss how they manage with their stakeholders in mind to achieve long-term success. Today, we're joined by Dr. Charles Redd, a sales executive at Hershey's, a life coach, mentor, author of the book, Don't Stop Now, and the speaker. Dr. Charles, thank you so much for being on the show today. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Well, certainly, Andy. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Like you said, I do a lot of things in terms of working in corporate America, number one, uh, having the uh, experience of being a CPG uh, sales and marketing executive. I've had the pleasure of managing teams, uh, working for some great companies such as uh, Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, and presently the Hershey Company. And inside those companies, uh, most of my time has been leading teams and coaching and managing teams along the way. In addition, I've had the opportunities to sit across the desk from various buyers of different chain outlets, uh, being a representative of my company and selling products to them across the desk. Uh, In addition to that, I've had the ability and opportunity to uh, continue to teach and to lead and coach and sales and training in HR, having that uh, responsibility of being able to help people become better at what they do, and that is a sales consultant. Uh, Also, in terms of my background in education, I'm from the Midwest, from the great state of Michigan. I've attended school there in Michigan, a graduate undergrad of Western Michigan University, and I have graduate degrees from Central Michigan University and from that state just below Michigan, Ohio, at a school called Ashland uh, Seminary, where I have achieved my doctorate in transformational leadership. I'm a product of Detroit, Michigan, uh, of the of the city of Detroit, and attended school there at a great high school, Cash Technical High School. I grew up in a village, I call it, because every neighbor, everyone in the neighborhood had a vested interest in my development, and I met a lot of great people and still friends today, and I like to talk about that experience because it made a difference in my life. That's me in a nutshell. I know that's a lot I said, Andy, but I'm proud to say those things because I couldn't have been here today without the help of all the people that I've encountered throughout life. You phrased that so well, that last part, because you're saying that everyone took interest in you and just kind of helped you get through life. And from how much we've talked already, you seem like someone that's paying it forward. Well, you know, Andy, when you talk about paying it forward, that's, that's a great term because what people have done in pouring into my life, I feel a responsibility to share. What good would it be for me to get to the top of the world, the top of the mountain, so to speak, and hold my hands up, beat my chest, I made it. Uh, It would be lonely for me because I would know that along the way, there were a lot of people that had a hand in helping me get there. So I take the approach of bringing people along with me. I really truly believe that, you know, there's always someone that knows more than I do. And I like to get to know those people and get some of my questions answered. And then there's folks like me that are just seeking, uh, growing and experiencing life as we go day to day. And those are folks that we walk side by side and we 
we have common things in common and then we work together. And then there's those that we look back and we, we don't want to leave anybody behind. And so we grab a hold of those folks and we pour into them. So you play those three roles in life. You reach up, you reach across and you reach behind. And when you get there to the mountaintop, you're going to bring a whole lot of folks with you. I love that. That's very well put. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about your purpose? And it sounds like you already did give us a little bit of that, the reach uh, ahead, reach above, and then reach behind as well. Would you say there's more to it than that? Yes. You know, when I think about um, my life purpose, I think about helping people uh, uncover uh, their passion and their purpose for life. I really, truly believe that everyone on this earth has something of value to contribute. Not necessarily everyone has uncovered it. So there are people such as myself and others like you that are helping people in that way of looking within inside themselves. And one of the things that I've done and that I've added to my experience is I've become a life coach. And what a life coach does is really simply help people get unstuck in life uh, to have them look inside, look within inside themselves. They see themselves, and I help them by asking them very powerful questions that they will be able to see that diamond in the rough, that they they open to possibilities, and which allows them to dream out loud, to think about the, what could be, and what the goal could be, and so once they see that for themselves then my job is to come alongside them and to encourage them and to hold them accountable and, and see them see themselves get to the place where they truly have been called. I think the thing about life is this. I, I'm reminded of those recording artists who make some great music and great songs they wrote and they sang those songs and we get joy when we hear them. We play them today, but some of those artists have gone on. But what remains is the music itself. And the music still has an effect on all of us. And the reality of what we are able to do and the possibilities that we all have is that is to live a life of significance. And then having living, having lived that life of significance, then leaving a legacy for others and generations to follow. So the music shall continue to play in your life, in my life, because we have something of value to offer. And the key is, is uncovering that and really getting involved and jumping in with both feet and seeing it all the way to the end. That's why, Andy, I wrote the book, Don't Stop Now, because the book is about no matter where you're at along life's journey, never, ever give up on your dreams. So when you think about retirement, don't think about retirement. Think about living out your passion all the way from earth to heaven. And don't give up because when you live out your passion, you'll find that there's joy that comes with that. You'll find that there is um, a peace that comes with that. You'll find that not only that, you'll open up doors as you continue to strengthen that which you are good at. And you'll be able to do other things that are going to be impactful that will allow you to reach even further beyond your family, your community. You will reach the world. And I think that's so important. It really is important to inspire, to grow, and to help people come out of 
their own funk, get out of their own way, basically. Absolutely. When I think about what I do on the corporate side, uh, it's a, it's the same approach in helping people realize their full potential. My job as a coach is to make um, people uh, better at what we do, and that's uh, sell our products to our consumers and to our retailers. And one of the things that we practice on is becoming more and more better at at being able to sell. And sell just simply means to be a consultant to help business leaders make right business decisions that's going to be a win-win for both the retailer and for the company. And at the end of the day, at the end of the year, it comes down to us all celebrating by increasing our sales, uh, increasing our profits, and then increasing our market share. And when you win in that trifecta and you have developed great relationships along with fact-based selling, then you have created an atmosphere of a business alliance that is going to be a win-win. And so on my side of the business, working for these Fortune 500 companies that I've worked for, I have always been a leader to pour into others that we may, may become that much more effective and what we do as a sales consultant, what we do as we coach and develop other people to reach the goals that we have set as a company and personally as a career, as we develop ourselves to be that much more better as what I call a transformational leader. And in addition to that, a servant leader at that as well. Man, the servant leadership is something I had to learn the hard way. It was something that I didn't realize was important or it was as important as it really is. And for anyone listening who hasn't had a leadership role and is might be coming up on one, servant leadership is key. You know, Andy, you, you're spot on because it's not so much what I get out of it. It's we and us. And that is the key. When you recognize servant leadership, it starts with how can I help you? And in addition to that, it allows the, the leader to identify the strengths, the, the, the things that everyone on the team has as it relates to the value they contribute, as it relates to their experience, as it relates to uh, the, the, the insights, the creativity. And when you are a leader that is not uh, stuck on yourself and you are able to listen to your people and identify their strength, you'll be able to coordinate better. You'll be able to get more participation. You'll be able to uh, accomplish more than you ever thought or imagined you could by simply trying to do everything on your own. And when you give credit to the team versus trying to take all of the credit, then you realize that your name, your reputation, uh, the energy that people will uh, put behind the work that they're doing for you is because they see it as we, and they see us as us, and they see us as getting to the championship. I like to use a, a, an analogy or a sports analogy that goes like this. You know, players win games, but team 
wins championships. And that is so true. You look at all of the professional teams that win championships. There's no one player that does it all. They may be a most valuable player, but it takes a team and it takes everyone understanding what it is that they uh, must contribute and what they're accountable for and to work together for the goal of team. And that's the difference uh, today that it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about a community of talented people and being able to see the value of everyone and what they can do to contribute. So a leader must be someone who is able to see the big picture and be able to put the pieces of the puzzle together and bring the insight from each and every one on the team. Absolutely. And you already started diving into a lot of your stakeholders. And I really uh, want to kind of give you a chance to maybe identify uh, some other ones that uh, may, maybe haven't come up right now. So we've talked a little bit about your team. We've talked about your uh, direct consumers that you sell to, your clients that you um, consult to. Who else would you say is a primary and secondary stakeholder in your uh, Hershey sales executive job? Well, there's certainly um, some great people uh, in terms of how I go about learning. I always look to learn. One of the things to be successful is threefold. One, the drive for uh, results. And two, uh, making others around us better. And then three, uh, being flexible uh, and mobile uh, to grow and go where the opportunities are. But when I think of stakeholders, I think of uh, people who I have poured into and people who have poured into me. And so there is an exchange. And when I think about that exchange, uh, I think about there's something in you that I need and something in me that you need. And as the expression goes, iron sharpens iron. So I am associated with many committees and, and leaders inside of the Hershey Company, always looking for ways to improve. I work with our recruiting team in HR. I work with our team in terms of developing managers, uh, onboarding new managers. Uh, all of these are stakeholders that makes us all better. Uh, in addition to my life coach, I'm a member of the International Federation of Coaches. Uh, that's a uh, a great organization to be a part of as I have uh, clients that uh, I help get unstuck. Uh, when I think in terms of leadership, I think of John Maxwell. Uh, he's written many books. I'm a part of the John Maxwell team and uh, I gained a lot of insights and I've read plenty of his books and I feel that uh, I'm a mentor. I'm and not only a mentor, but someone who is spreading the good news as relates to uh, leadership and particularly transformational leadership and servanthood leadership. These are stakeholders. We all have a part to play and what we uh, put into the lives of others and what we take out of the lives that are giving. And so at the end of the day, we all are givers and in giving, we grow and we continue to learn and we make others around us better. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. And what do you do when there are people that you interact with on a daily basis, your stakeholders that maybe are more passive than others? Maybe people on your team that are shy or maybe clients that 
are too busy to meet with you. Um, and I'm sure you have other examples as well. How do you make sure that they have a voice? Yes, that's a good point. You know, um, as I've said, everyone has value and everyone adds something. And um, that the key is having an atmosphere that will allow people to be participants in the overall goal and structure uh, what it is that you're trying to do. Once the goal has been set and the parameters are there, uh, then it's important to share that. And one of the things that we do well to bring people into the game is that we're very clear in our organization of what those goals and what success looks like and what the uh, attributes that are needed uh, to be successful. And so uh, the questions, uh, getting people involved in identifying their strength, because one thing about when you help people identify their strength, they tend to be more um, cooperative in terms of sharing because it's something they know, it's something they experience. And then after they have shared that, they're open, tend to be open to learn something new. So you start where the common ground is or where the expertise is, and you allow the people to get involved. Uh, I call it, you know, getting them off of the wall and getting onto the dance floor, the dance floor of life, the participation of uh, being a part of the solution versus being simply an observer. And so whether that's internal uh, or external people that we work with, our customers or we work with our employees, there is something about identifying what it is that they do well and, and then complementing that and then contributing to that, that opens up a door for us to add even more value. It's one thing to just tell somebody something, but it's another thing to get input and then be able to share it. One of the coaching models that we use in, in, in our business and I use today uh, is we call it tell, show, do, review. And, you know, so we help people by telling them. And then we actually uh, tell, show, we show them how to do. And then we allow them to do it. And then we review how we can all make the adjustments to be, do it even better. Because I, I truly believe that practice makes perfect. And we just continue to strive and continue to hone in on those skills that are going to make us all better. So there is participation when you are able to give people the opportunity to do something that they do well. Yeah, I think it's all about opportunity. And I think that's a very good point because sometimes people are either talked over or they're not even given the opportunity because someone else can do it faster. Absolutely. You know, when you think about um, when I think about some years ago, uh, it was really kind of a mindset. You learn all you can, you can all you can get, and then you beat everybody to the top of the hill. Uh, we used to play that game called the king, king of the hill. And the objective of that game was to knock everybody off the hill uh, to get to the top by yourself and declare yourself the king. That has changed, and I'm so grateful and uh, glad about it because uh, in that type of approach, uh, you don't get the maximum experience uh, from your people. Uh, you don't get the all of the participation because there's some people just fill in their minds, I'll never make it to the top 
by myself. But the reality is, is that we all can make it to the top. And if we all help one another and we all encourage one another, we all can get there. Uh, yes, there may be one leader that is setting the course or setting the vision, but that leader today has to be one that is inclusive. And that leader has to be one that uses the diverse skill sets of those that they are in charge of and allow everyone to function in an area of strength and bringing everyone collectively together. That's gonna to be the key. Uh, and that is working from what I can see and from my own experience still involved in corporate America. And um, it make it is making a difference because that way we can go even further. We can be even more uh, impactful, uh, more profitable. Uh, and as a result, uh, we're gonna gain more attention positive attention because people want to be a part of something that's working, something is winning. You think about sports again, uh, when a ball player or an athlete uh, becomes a free agent, they want to win the championship. They want to be a part of a team that wins the championship. Of course, they want to get paid too, but they're certainly not looking to go to a team that doesn't have strong leadership, doesn't have a winning culture. Uh, and so when you when a leader is able to see the big picture and able to fill in the pieces of the puzzle and get everybody all together on the same page, you're going to have success and it's going to be a large success because you have that much, that much more experience helping and working together it's called teamwork. It is called teamwork and, and it is very much needed. And Charles, I, I like to ask this question volume, I guess. There is this concept called the separation fallacy, and it's basically the idea, the false idea, that business decisions shouldn't include ethics because it's going to make them less effective, and that ethics should basically shouldn't consider business decisions because they can't possibly be ethical. Now, what I'm wondering is, have you experienced this in your professional career, and how have you dealt with it? Well, you know, when you think in terms of ethics and what comes to mind for me when I think about ethics is doing the right thing. Uh, the company in terms of the direction uh, and following so that we can be known uh, with people with good ethics. But another word comes in mind, too, and that's called character. And that is so needed in today's workplace. Now, you've asked the question, have I seen uh, folks doing unethical things or hearing about it? Um, for the great companies that I've worked for, the Coca-Colas, the PepsiCo's, and the Hershey Company, uh, I have not seen that. Uh, but I have seen it in other circles uh, where people are trying to make that buck, the mighty dollar, and they'll say anything, do anything, they get their hands in your pocket. That may work on the short run, but then people will uh, evaluate what happened and how it happened, and you'll lose that customer forever. I tend to want to be associated uh, with companies that have ethics. And not only that, uh, I think about it like this. We all have a favorite restaurant, and we go there, and we go and we tell people that you know you've got to check out this particular restaurant they've have they have great food they have great service and you need to go 
And I've taken on the attitude wherever I've worked that I am a servant leader and that whatever I have provided to you is ethical and that you leave that experience talking to others. You've got to work with Dr. Charles. You've got to hear him. You've got to see him. You've got to be a part of what he's doing because what he's doing is is something not only for now, but building for the future. So companies who look at the short run and try to take uh, an approach of what I call cutting across the grass versus staying on the sidewalk, uh, they may have temporary success. But those that stay within the boundaries, they will succeed in the long run. And think about it like this, using that same restaurant analogy. If it was a bad experience and the food was awful and the service was terrible, people are telling folks, everybody's telling 10 other people, the other person telling another 10 other people. And what have you gained in that business? You've lost a lot of business because people tend to gravitate more so on the negative side when it comes to restaurants and service and having good food, a good atmosphere. If it's terrible, you could rest assured it's like a a, 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 a fire that takes off and uh, that hurts the business in a huge way. That's my take on it, Andy. No, and that's really well put. And I really appreciate you diving into it. And Dr. Charles, I really appreciate you hopping on today and, and talking me through your thought processes. And I think it's really inspirational to, to see someone in the leadership role, such as your, your own, and to hear that you want to bring the best out of everyone. And uh, before we sign off today, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave us with? Yeah, when I think about it, you know, my career has been in corporate America. And then on the other side of that, I've had the opportunity to teach students at the higher learning education at the university level, uh, as well as work inside of the church community. And, and, you know, the two come together to a point. It's all about what can we do to encourage, inspire, motivate, help people get unstuck in life, realize their full potential and get there, as I said earlier, and live a life of significance and leave a legacy for others to follow for generations. That's what I like to leave today for the listening audience. Be encouraged. And just like my book, don't stop now. Never, never, ever give up. Dr. Charles, thank you very much again. I'm going to make sure I link, uh, link to your book. And thank you again to all my listeners for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode.